This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Greetings, listeners. This is Annie Mamacon, and you are listening to another episode of The Law School Show. I'm very excited to share this next interview with you. I recently had the great fortune of speaking to the Honorable Catherine McKenna, Minister of Environment and Climate Change. Once again, thank you very much to Minister McKenna for taking time out of her incredibly busy schedule to speak to our listeners. It was truly a treat to have the opportunity to dive into the mind of such an accomplished and inspiring individual. I found our conversation to be very open and honest, and though our focus was on Minister McKenna's professional journey and her career path, we managed to cover a lot of other topics as well, including having a proper work-life balance, the importance of mentorship, the importance of being involved in activities and having hobbies outside of your immediate classroom or work environment, and the importance of staying focused and staying in touch with our goals and ambitions as we go through our career and our lives. Minister McKenna actually provides a short and fun exercise that will help us all get closer to our goals. And uh, as a matter of fact, I did this exercise immediately after concluding the interview, and I'm happy to report that I found it to be very helpful. And I hope that you will all do that exercise as well once you complete listening to this interview. So without any further ado, I would like to let you go ahead and listen to this episode. And once again, many thanks to Minister McKenna for her time. Enjoy. Hi, Minister McKenna. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's a busy day. (laughs) I'm very excited. I'm always happy to talk to law students and young lawyers about my career path. So excited yeah oh wonderful thank you so much and that's exactly what we want to talk to you about so i know our time is limited so i can just jump straight in sure yeah i was wondering if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself but with the caveat being that it be something that is not necessarily work related uh well uh (laughs) i'm a swimmer uh i don't know is that the kind of thing you want yeah okay so are you an average swimmer yeah, so I, um, not that my whole life is defined by swimming, but I do love swimming, and I think it's been really helpful, actually, in both my path as a lawyer, but also in the current um, job that I'm in. I started swimming when I was about 10, uh-huh. uh, swam and competed uh, all through high school at the national level, um, and then went to university. I went to U of T and swam there. I ended up being the captain of the swim team. We had a great swim team. I wasn't the best on the swim team. We had people <laughs> who went to the Olympics. But uh, I just loved our swim team. And uh, we won nationals, I think, because we really came together as a team where whether you were the best or you were someone who uh, was able to contribute by placing in the, you know, the top eight uh, or 16, uh, it made a difference. And mm-hmm. I just learned the value uh, of having a dream. So wow. with swimming, you always are, you're planning a long time out. It could be for nationals, uh, or it could be, I went to the living trials, like that can be years out. 
Um, and then just the value of hard work where you day in and day out, uh, you just work hard. Um, you do have fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a, a really good time with my teammates. Um, but you can plan and you just know that there's going to be a lot of hard work and then at the end you're going to have to perform. And so that was very good experience um, in law because sometimes it's a tough slog right. uh, and you have to do a lot of work. Um, but you know that you've got a goal that you're, you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a file uh, or it could be, you know, starting your own NGO, which I did with Canadian lawyers abroad. Right. Um, and uh, that's what keeps you going, that mm-hmm. you have this dream. Wow, that's fantastic. And it sounds like something that's been really present throughout your entire career to keep you balanced. Yeah, so I still swim. So yeah. now I stopped, I stopped swimming like seriously for about 18 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after I had three kids, I decided I wanted to do something fun. Mm-hmm. And I joined a master swim team and uh, started competing a little bit, not not too seriously. Um, and now uh, do some races for charities. So mm-hmm. I did a four-kilometer swim for the Ottawa Riverkeeper. It's a charity that – great organization that protects the Ottawa River. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still do it. And it's where the, – the one time where I don't get emails, I, right. don't, I can't tweet, I don't have meetings, uh, no one's, uh, you know, no one's bugging me. I can just kind of go uh, and uh, be a bit zen. Yeah, um, it's just you in the water. And, and, yeah, and it's just me in the water. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, and and you touched a little bit about your career also in in that conversation, and you mentioned co-founding at Canadian Lawyers Abroad and uh, being an associate, and you've also done some work as legal counsel at the United Nations. And my question to you is, you know, many of our listeners are either law students or young lawyers that are really taking their first career steps. So, my question is really about carving your own path and it does sound like you've had such a rich and decorated career so I wonder if you consider yourself a methodical planner were you always thinking about the next step or is it sometimes also happenstance and being able to find different opportunities that are not necessarily directly in your path but something that you're willing to take a chance on I wonder what your take on that is well, I mean, I think in life, I think lawyers tend to be a bit type A and law <laughs> students. And, you know, you kind of think that you can map it all out. You can plan out your whole life and uh, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it can be tough to find your first job and it might not be the job that you wanted to, you want to end up doing. I do think you have to keep your eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. So I did, someone gave me good advice that when you start law school or even when you start as a young lawyer, like put it in your write down uh, what you really want to do mm-hmm. uh, and what you want to be proud of at the end of your career and put it in a, in a drawer. Right. And every once in a while, open up that drawer and look at that so that you have perspective. Right. And I've done, you know, some people say, oh, your career looks so well planned and methodical. Mm-hmm. That's, that's in retrospect. Right. Uh, when you look back, you can certainly create a narrative of how I got everywhere, but that's not how it works. And mm-hmm. um, uh, my partner, now husband, was in the mm-hmm. Foreign Service, so mm-hmm. I had to start my career abroad because he was posted uh, to Indonesia. And so I had to start off in I, I, I had to start off in a foreign country. I wrote my New York bar, not sure if I was had even passed, and I had mm-hmm. to go knock on doors uh, to find a job. And luckily, I got a great job there uh, with an Indonesian law firm. It was a really amazing experience. Um, and then uh, there was an opportunity. Well, the UN mission happened in East Timor, mm-hmm. and my husband and I sort of said, "Well, let's not go back to Canada yet." 
Uh, so I used my experience in Indonesia to be able to get a job in the UN, but that was not, I couldn't have planned that. Right. It just worked out really well, and it was a great opportunity. And I knew I really wanted to work for the United Nations, so I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I came back to Canada, worked in back in corporate law um, at Steichman Elliott in mm-hmm. composition and trade law. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it, um, and I think the rigor was useful and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gave me some street cred that I, I you know, I, I worked in a corporate law firm. Mm-hmm. I mean, composition law is kind of nerdy, so I kind of like that, but it um, wasn't my passion. Mm-hmm. So with a good friend, we, we founded Canadian Lawyers Abroad. Like We literally got some money. As we uh, had a website, and then we were off to the races. We thought we were amazing. Like, wow, wow. we've got a website. We're now, we now <laughs> are uh, an organization. It was a lot of work. Uh, that was just the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really great. And once again, that was not something I planned. Uh, I had some kids, and it was too much to be doing Canadian lawyers on, abroad on right. the, the side of working in corporate law. I went in-house, mm-hmm. and that was unexpected too, but it was, you know, it was actually good. It was a totally, it was a totally different shift. Right. Um, you know, it's not, not something I was going to do forever, but it was great because I got some really interesting skills, and I wasn't just working with corporate lawyers who are very different. Um, in this case, I was working with realtors. I was the in-house counsel for the Canadian Real Estate Association, um, which was kind of an odd job, but it was great because it was focused on competition law. Um, I got some good experience. I had to do a lot of public speaking about complex topics as to people who didn't want me to talk like a lawyer. They wanted me to talk like a person. Mm -hmm. It also gave me some time to raise my kids, some more time at home, and that was really important. And I think that's the perspective you need to have. There's going to be other things that are going to come up that are going to be really important in your life, whether it's kids or Mm -hmm. aging parents uh, or relationships. Um, And I think you just have to maintain perspective. You don't have to achieve everything in your first day, your first year, or even your first five years. I think you just always, though, have to, you know, think about, this is is this really what I want to do? Mm-hmm. If not, what are my other options? And where do I want to end up? And it's not going to be a linear path, or at least it wasn't for me, which was great. Mm-hmm. I learned, uh, I didn't always, you know, they weren't always my favorite jobs, but mm-hmm. I retired and I got really good skills. And they helped me get the next job or the, the, the next opportunity um, and now, look, I love what I'm doing now. I couldn't be happier. But once again, mm-hmm. how would I ever have known that I would end up, you know, as Minister of Environment and Climate Change? So, you know, I think my advice, you know, to to law students is uh, maybe take a chill pill sometimes, <laughs> like just not get too uh, too worried about, you know, getting the perfect articling job, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to get, you know, the articling job, or you might get the perfect articling job and find out you don't even love it. Right. Um, but just, you know, just figure out what you are passionate about, because at the end of the day, if you're going to be spending a lot of time doing something, in my case, being away from my family and my kids, mm-hmm. uh, I have to love it. Right. And I really learned that after a while because you make a lot of sacrifices often in law. um, And I think you need to figure out that balance. Uh, There's never a real balance, but Mm -hmm. figuring out how you manage what's what's important outside of your career with what's important with with your career and also making sure that you're doing something that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And speaking about balance, uh, I mean, this is something that's been a hot topic and for some time now. And you recently really started a conversation and I'm referring to the statement that you made and the action that you've taken to really go offline 
wine for a few hours every evening to be at home and just to um, to recoup with your family. And that's something that, you know, I read an article where Melinda Gates commented on and the actions that you've taken and that we need to have more of a conversation about this. And I, I presume this is really something that's prevalent across a lot of different careers and law being one of them. Um, did you expect that it would start the kind of conversation that it has? And, and what do you hope other changes could be that we can all make in our lives to try to really obtain that balance? So I should say that there isn't always a balance, and it's really hard. Um, Well, so one day I was just doing an interview, and I think I was being asked about a number of things. Um, And I think I was just a little bit at the end of my tether because this job is really, really busy, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to, to make sure that you're doing the things that are, you know, really important outside of your job, which is my family and hanging out with my kids. So I, I had said to my office that I needed to get home, that I just needed to not have that one more meeting. I needed to leave. I needed to go home. I needed to have that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think like many women, I feel a bit conflicted about this because I, you know, I'm very committed to my job and I, I, I'm really focused on, you know, getting people to do, take action with respect to climate change. And I don't know that I was really expecting that suddenly people would be really interested in, you know, how do I find this balance with work? But once I realized that it actually mattered that I had said this, that I had said, I'm going to carve out this time that I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And, and by mattered, it's not just to, you know, to other politicians, although I think that, you know, politics is extremely hard uh, on families, but it was, it was my, you know, people that work uh, in the public service, they really appreciated this. Mm-hmm. Other women that work uh, in, in corporate law or in jobs where they're really busy, but also men, mm-hmm. like a lot all, all of us are kind of feeling this, especially if you have two, um, you know, you have families where both parents are working. It's extremely challenging. Right. And it actually makes a difference that I said that and I was doing it. And I didn't get a backlash. Like, there's always the haters, the haters on Twitter. Like, oh, you're so <laughs> comfortable that I work extremely hard and I get up really early to do my readings and mm-hmm. work late at night. Um, but it was a lot of support. And I realized that it actually is important that, that, that people in positions where you uh, are seen as, as somewhat of a role model, that you be out and talk about talk about these actions that you're taking. And I think, look, it's not always easy. I was an articling student, and I'll tell you, you know, and certainly at that point, sort of saying I was going home to take care of my kids wasn't the wasn't always like the the message that people wanted to hear. Um, but I think everyone needs everyone needs to figure out what works for them. Mm-hmm. And you are only going to be productive if you're happy. Right. Uh, if you're not happy, you're going to be sitting at your job, probably surfing the internet, like looking for another job, and and not you know not being productive. So I think you need to carve out that time for yourself. You need to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, you know, there are different models. Uh, for different people, like, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your work style. And so I think good employers recognize this. Mm-hmm. They recognize that if they want their, you know, their employees to work hard and be committed and do the extra work that, you know, that people will do, they need to allow some flexibility and they need to have a workplace that recognizes that we have families, we have aging parents, we actually have things we like doing outside of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's, I think that's really important. Um, it's sometimes challenging when you're younger in your career because you have less control and there are some jobs where, mm-hmm. you know, if you're on a big 
M and A deal, it's going to be harder. But you know, when you're not on that or there's breaks, like hopefully there are allowances for you to have the the flexibility to spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's something that also we have to actively try to pursue, and and make sure that we do take that time so that. And I know. A, really entering the legal career myself now, I find that I'm always on the go, 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 but I have to make the time because if I don't, there's always more work. Right. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely true. Like with my job, that could not be more true. Right. I mean, there's always right. one more meeting I could do one more, you know, document I could read one more call I could make, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but you have to just recognize that, that those often are much less important than getting some time to refresh to focus, even think about what you're trying to achieve in your job, because if you're just going, 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 you know, you may not be getting the best outcome. And so putting those limits, um, it is really important. So the prime minister, I will tell you, the message comes from the top. Mm -hmm. The prime minister has said to us, you need to spend time with your family. You need to prioritize your family. Um, In the summer, you need to take breaks. Um, You need to get eight hours sleep and you need to work out. Uh, Now, look, it's not going to work out every day that you can do these things, but I think being mindful about it. um, And so for me, it was like, I'm going home so I can have dinner with my kids and be off off the line for two hours. There's going to be times where I can't do that. You know, there's going to be votes in the House of Commons. I have a lot of cabinet committees. Um, there are going to be emergencies, but mm-hmm. as a general practice, that is what I do, and that's the expectation. My staff knows that, and it's the same with my staff. Like they have to figure out what works for them too, and right. within reason. But so I agree. Like you got to be mindful, and you should sit down. Everyone should take time and say, what are, what do I really value? Mm-hmm. And it could be yeah. going to. I'm not a dancer, but like I don't know, your your <laughs> salsa class or something, or it could be you know some sporting men, or it could be you know taking mm-hmm. your kids mm-hmm. to their hockey practice. Right. Finding right. time to do that will make you happier, yeah. more productive. And and speaking of productivity, um, one of my favorite podcasters, Tim Ferriss, always asks in his interviews um, of like world class performers and artists. Um, the question about routines. He always asks if you have a morning routine or any routine. And it elicits very interesting answers. So I would very much be interested in knowing if you have a morning routine or any routine in general related to work or life that really keeps you uh, somewhat structured or keeps you moving forward um, without um, sort of going all over the place, if that makes sense. Uh, well, I mean, when you have kids, it's a little bit, you have right. to adapt to their routines a bit, and they change it when they're really young. They get up super early, so mm-hmm. you're a little bit more at, at their mercy. Uh, I try to swim a few times a week uh, with my swim team. That's really important to me. Um, we have, on when Parliament sits, there's a parliamentary swim team on Thursdays. Oh, wow. I try to go wow. to that. It's great because I get to see, like, Elizabeth May and uh, some other liberal colleagues. There's some conservatives that come out, too. Uh, oh, one wow. NDP, young guy. So it's good because it's also, not only am I getting a workout, but I also get to hang out with my colleagues mm-hmm. outside of question period, which is, you know, often very, you know, there's conversational. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's quite fun. Um, you know, at my house, we do like pizza night on Fridays. So I go home on Fridays and we watch okay. a movie and have pizza. I think those things just, and and, and this is uh, something I love doing, but I'm not always successful doing, but uh, in the summer months, on Wednesday at noon, there's yoga on the hill. And my yeah. favorite, absolute favorite thing to do is when I look at my schedule on Wednesdays and I remember that I have yoga on the hill and I can actually make it. And I'm there with thousands of people <laughs> doing yoga. 
Parliament Hill while the Peace Tower bells go off. I think there's just something really magical, and it just reminds me, one, how lucky I am to do my job, right. but also how lucky I am to live in a country like Canada where you can go do yoga on the hill with no security um, and be doing something that, that keeps you fit and mm-hmm. is, is fun. And something where you're surrounded by so many other people. It's like such an amazing energy and environment. Yeah, 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 and in, in terms of my life, like there's a lot of routines. Like my day is pretty structured, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people spend a lot of time figuring out uh, how do we manage all the meeting requests. Um, and there are people that I have to meet with. But these are the things that are kind of the fun things in my day that get, get me excited. So mm-hmm. swimming, yoga, doing things with my kids, and making sure that they're there uh, in my schedule every week uh, keeps me going. Awesome. Well, the last area I wanted to explore with you is about mentorship, and this is something that's been really prevalent in my life throughout law school and now that I'm entering my legal career, and I know a lot of my colleagues are very interested in this topic as well, and I'm wondering if you yourself consider yourself to be a mentor, and you know, and connected to that is, you know, what is the value of a mentorship relationship in your view, and how can students um, or young lawyers do a better job of fostering those types of relationships? Uh, Well, I certainly hope I'm a mentor. I I have a lot of, uh, you you know, young students that came from Canadian Lawyers Abroad's student program, um, some other you know, people from my campaign, often law-related, not necessarily law, uh, where, you know, not necessarily on a very structured basis, but mm-hmm. that we have conversations, you know, about their career, what the next step should be, uh, how to find this balance, because I think it is really critical. I had mentors in my career. They were kind of impromptu. Mm-hmm. Um, not so many women as I would have liked, I think, uh, and I don't know why that is. It just happened to be, you know, there are people like Alan Rock uh, who mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. us start up Canadian Lawyers Abroad and people I met along the way in my career. Um, but I think mentorship is really important because having someone that can kind of step back and, and often it's just calm you down, like sort of say, like, don't be so hard on yourself. Right. Don't think like, you know, you're in this job that you don't love. That's not the end of the world. Um, or, you know, maybe you need to take a step back and work on your relationship uh, because that's really important. Um, you're having some perspective. Also, the connections for, you know, and, and uh, ideas about other work opportunities. Because I think when you start as a lawyer, it's law school's a bit, I found it, a bit disorienting because I thought when I went to law and said it opens all these doors, but then by the end of it, you're like, okay, um, there are really all these jobs in corporate law, and then there's some other non, which we call alternative careers, but I'm not even clear what they are. So having someone who has, you know, seen a lot. I mean, what I'm lucky, I, I feel very lucky that I've worked in I've worked in corporate law. I've worked in-house, I've worked, you know, for an international mm-hmm. uh, organization, and I've, I've run an NGO, so I have a good sense of the different opportunities out there and how mm-hmm. you can have a very career path. I think that hopefully that's helpful uh, to young people. And and in terms of finding a mentor, uh, it's it's a funny thing because having there's been matching processes that I've been involved with where you're formally a mentor sometimes mentorships don't really work like that because mm-hmm. it's hard to find someone that really fits with you. Right. Um, so right. I think that, uh, I mean, I certainly encourage young 
uh, law students and lawyers to network. I think it's really important. And by network, that's like go to conferences on issues you care about. If you care about international law, go to the international law conferences. Uh, volunteer for organizations in your community. Do all those good things. And you will meet people that hopefully will inspire you um, and that will find some time. Like good people find time to help support right. uh, young people because we know it's important. You guys are the, you know, young people are the next generation. And, you know, you can't mentor everyone in the world, but there will be uh, good connections that you can make. But it's not always in the more structured way. I think it's who do you meet along your path uh, that you've had a, you've developed a good relationship and they can help you along the way, especially when you're struggling. Because mm-hmm. uh, I find that that's, that's when people have really been helpful. When I needed to say, okay, I don't know why I'm doing this job and how am I getting out of it or what's my next move or how in God's name I've got three kids, how am I going to balance all of these things? Mm-hmm. There's people that have some ideas and, you know, they're not always going to be right. Uh, and they may not be, you know, the way you want to do things, but just having someone who can check in uh, and I think really give you perspective. I think perspective is hard when you're younger, you're worried, you may have student debt, uh, you know, you just try to figure out your way and you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also I find there's a lot about, uh, I've been told time and time again by my mentors is to pay it forward. So you hope that it has yeah. a bit of a trickle effect also. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it is really important. As I say, like, it's important that young people, you know, that we, we reach out to young people and also learn from young people. God, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm always learning for young people, and I have lots of young people on my team mm-hmm. who have totally different ways of thinking and engaging, even pushing me as a politician to not be, like, the politician, mm-hmm. uh, to be someone who's more uh, accessible and, you know, more vulnerable, maybe, mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to talk about challenges or being able to engage you know, different younger people in a different way than, you know, doing a speech. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I think mentorships really goes both ways. And I think the idea of paying it forward is really important. Great. And finally, what is the number one thing that you hope law students and young lawyers should do immediately after listening to this podcast? Um, I, I, this idea that you just sit down and you take two minutes and you figure out why you went to law school and what you want to do with your career you write that little note. You don't have to do something with it right now because I can put too much stress on you. Okay. So you put it in the drawer, and then next week, maybe next month, you make sure you continue opening your drawer and looking at that note and remembering what you're trying to achieve at the end of the day. And that's like what you're trying to do. You know, when you, you, know, when you feel like you've hit success, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, running your own, your own NGO. It could be working for the United Nations. It could be doing pro bono law. It could be being partner at a firm. Whatever it is you want, mm-hmm. uh, it could be teaching. Um, but just make sure that you keep your, your longer-term goals there because every day you're going to get distracted with your, your day-to-day work, you know, your family demands, your, you know, all these other things, and you just have to be playing the long game. That's great advice, and I'm going to do that as well right now <laughs> right now okay right now I'm going to take two minutes and I'm actually going to do it because I think it's great advice and it's something that will keep you going because you have something to look forward to every week or every month and it's fantastic advice I'm sure our listeners would really appreciate it too and on that note that brings me to the end of my questions thank you so much for your time I know we had a great line I really appreciate it uh, you're very welcome and thanks for doing your show I think it's a great show You've just been listening to The Law School Show. 
You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.